actually, we did this seminar last year. It's the second time we've done it. And we made this seminar because um, it was on Pastor Aaron and the staff's heart to really send off you exchange students prepared. Um, we had a lot of stories of exchange students that were really, like, um, awesome. They were having breakthrough, everything that they saw here. Some of them were starting prayer movements. Some of them were getting involved with awesome ministries. There were so many testimonies, but there was also a lot of trial and error. A lot of them were making mistakes, and they were going through a lot of drama and hardship that they didn't have to go through. Like, if someone would have just given them a simple, like, pointer, if someone would have equipped them with a simple wisdom before they left, they wouldn't have had to waste that much time. And so we actually made this seminar based on, um, you know, part of your staff used to be MA students. Jayhee was an MA student during my semester. Um, Judy was also an, a UIC MA student when I was here. Tina was an MA student. And so we have a lot of experiences from our own lives. But also over the years, over the semester, students have been keeping in touch with us and telling us, like, what they've been going through their testimonies of being home. So we also have testimonies from their lives too. And so what we're going to give to you guys is, is really, really precious because it's going to prophesy over your experiences back home. Like you can expect even more than what you heard from us, but also you don't have to waste your time in some ways that we did. And so, um, Jay, he's going to start us off with the first page. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Rona. All right, hey guys, so for those of you that didn't know, I was an exchange student myself. I went to USC, and I spent my entire junior year here in this room um, and had a lot of breakthroughs in this room. So, yeah, it's actually, I just really want to praise God that Rona, me, Judy, Tina, they were all back here. I think it's kind of a miracle. So, yeah, thank you, Lord. All right, so, um, all right, so up there, um, up on your, the first page of your handout, you'll see the theme verse for... Emmaus, right? And I'm going to get Isaac to read that for us really loud and clear. Amen. Thank you. All right. And Joshua, can you read the learning objectives for today? Victorious who walk out the breakthroughs received in Emmaus to effectively steward and release what we have lear- what we've learned back at our homes. Okay, awesome. So the first thing we're going to cover today is the most important thing, prayer. All right. So for those of you that were on the prayer team this semester, um, that's really awesome because you guys got to learn um, how to pray effectively because prayer makes a big difference in our lives, right? All right, so A, uh, Roy, can you read that for us? Oh, good. Yeah, I forgot you guys had blanks over there. All right. Um, okay, so I just read everything? Oh. Okay. Okay, um, so yeah, A, set aside time to pray for your Jerusalem. And your Jerusalem includes your home, your college, church, etc. right? Okay, B, um, Roy, again. Close, before. Good. Uh-huh. 
Amen. And that's a promise. You got to believe it and claim that, all right? The Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, and C, Dana. Declare that the favor of the Lord. Amen, yeah. Declare that the favor of the Lord is upon you and he will supernaturally open doors for you. Amen. That's so true. You know, doors that no man can shut. And I do have a testimony of this um, really briefly. So, um, you know, one thing I was worried about when I left um, Korea was I was going back as a senior. But um, before I came to Korea, like, I wasn't very strategic about building relationships with my professors. And I, what I realized when I went back was, oh, man, like, in order to get jobs or, you know, even go to grad school or anything, I need some hookups with my professors. But I don't have any relationships with any of my professors. What am I going to do? And so I just prayed. I was like, God, um, yeah, open doors for me. And um, no joke, what happened was I went to a career fair for my major, which was international relations. And then... Um, after the seminar is over, all of a sudden, this professor, he gets up, and he's like, guys, I've, you know, I've had tons of experience um, in, the D- in D.C., in the government for, like, over 30 years, whatever. Please use me. Those were his exact words. Please use me. And the moment I saw that, I knew that was from me. That was an open door from God. And I was like, okay, I'm going to use you. So I went to his office hours, and um, the crazy thing is that I actually took his class before I came to Korea. It was just one class, but, um, you know, he still had, like, uh, everything on record and you know he like he knew me and so we talked and the other crazy thing is that his wife is a direct um descendant of one of the first missionaries who built Yonsei specifically Underwood and so he like opened up his albums and started showing me pictures of like how they would get invited to Yonsei you know for like the 100th year celebration like whatever things like that and it was so crazy and we still keep in touch to this day and he was my ultimate um connection to my first internship out of school too which connected me to every other opportunity you know so god is crazy good um so don't worry about things like that because uh, if you ask he will open doors that no man can shut all right okay um d uh cynthia a vision expectantly uh-huh. Okay, good. Get a vision for your Jerusalem and pray expectantly with bold and specific prayers. Okay, so ask God for specific things that you want to see when you go back home. Okay? Share story, uh, share stories, praying specifically for... Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Okay, so yeah, ask God for specific things. Because God, God actually likes that when you ask him for specific things. All right? Um... I mean, the story that I just shared, that was pretty specific. I think other things, even like um, a community, when you go back, you know, maybe some of you don't have this type of community back at school. But God's so faithful. Just ask him for it, and he'll give you more than what you ask for. All right. Uh, sample prayer would be, um, Lord, I thank you in advance for the revival that you're stirring up in my home church. I thank you that you're stirring up hunger in the young people for intercession, and that right now you're birthing a prayer movement in my church that's filled with the Holy Spirit signs and wonders amen that's yours okay so everything you need you guys are fully equipped okay um let's get maggie can you read uh, the next part a ever increasing more oh, that's good yeah 
Okay, awesome. God is a God of ever-increasing glory, so we, his children, of course, are also going from one level of glory to another. Expect more than what you saw in Korea. Amen. Man, God expects you to multiply everything that you received here, right? You're going to be a blessing to so many people. And, uh, okay, B, let's get um, Leanne to read that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Constant. And you are a citizen. Citizen. Amen. All right. Um. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter your circumstances. It really doesn't matter. And I mean, I know it affects you, but you know, the truth never changes. And so an example we have of a former student is a girl named Sumi. She was here a couple of semesters ago. And man, she was on fire. I remember being just so blessed by her. And I was just so amazed watching her. But her family, none of them were believers. She was the first one. And that's pretty incredible. Because, you know, for me, I come from a family of believers. So I'm always amazed when I see that. But um, even when she went back, she went back to the exact same circumstances. They weren't believers. You know, they still weren't, like, super supportive of her being all, you know, Christian. But um, she didn't let that, um, you know, hinder her or discourage her. And one thing she did was early morning prayer. She really devoted herself to that. And she's still walking strong. And she sent us a testimony last semester. And she's doing good. So, yeah, God wanted her in constant communication with him. And he wants that for each one of you as well. So I really challenge you when you get back. I know being in college, you know, it's kind of hard to wake up for those 8 a.m. classes and things like that. But, yeah, really start off your morning with God and, you know, see um, what, how big of a difference that makes in your lives. Okay, uh, C. Um, Karen? Would you read that for us? Wisdom. Revelation. Amen. Um, Marie, could you read number one? Mind. Heart. Go on. Discernment. Oh, this is our favorite. Everyone should know this. Everyone? Yes. Foolishness will kill you. So don't be. Yes. Another word for that is stupid. So foolishness will kill you. Don't be stupid. Don't be foolish. Um, You know, you can save yourself a lot of trouble by doing that. Um, For example, um, you know, if your story is that you're recently freed from bondage to lust or alcohol, then it'd be foolish to go back home and go right back into that, right? For example, just partying up with old friends um, that have a negative influence on you. Yeah, give your time, I mean, give yourself a season of victory first before, you know, you kind of start mingling with these people again. And, you know, you'll really be a blessing to them. Okay. Tina. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> All right, um, before we go to the next section, I just want you guys to stand up and stretch. Just stretch really quickly. You guys have to be aware for this section, all right? 
Test, test. Hello. All right, sit down, sit down. I'm going to interject real quick. Um, to go back to where Chehi concluded, foolishness will, let's not just kill you, foolishness will kill you. Kill you. Now, let me just get something straight here, okay? Especially if you've overcome something in particular, that's fantastic. However, don't be dumb, okay? And what I mean by don't be dumb is just because you've recently been victorious in a certain area of your life, do not put yourself in a situation where you are vulnerable to going back to certain things. The example that was here was drinking. For example, if you used to party a lot, you drank a lot, then don't go tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to go at the bar with my friends. I'm not going to drink because I'm, I'm set free from drinking, but I'm just going to go to the bar and chill and you know what I mean? Or I'll just have a beer because, you know, I'm all good now. Yeah, okay. Uh, foolishness will kill you. You know, there's something about the paths of righteousness I was talking to you guys about. Well, you have to learn how to walk the paths at home. Meaning if you're used to going to the bar and getting drunk, then I think you need to be used to not going to the bar. Does it make sense? If you're used to going to the bar, hooking up, uh, getting drunk, and then hooking up with somebody, you see the progression here? Then you probably shouldn't go to the club. You probably shouldn't go to the bar. You probably shouldn't put yourself in those situations. So something that I think is important that we get is people get overly excited about their transformation, which is good. Um, but you got to walk it out. That's probably so important. And like I said in my uh, message last week, part of walking it out is learning how to uh, make new decisions in old environments. So you're in an old environment, but you got to make a brand new decision. Now you got to let yourself go through the process of that, a season of that. This might mean some of your boys are going to be like, what's up? You know, like, I thought we we're cool. Like, why are you being all Christian? You know, like you might get some, you might get some people who are going to judge. You might get some people that are going to get hurt. You might get some people that might accuse you. Like, where's your friendship at? You know, like it's my birthday. You know, for my birthday, we always go out to the, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to get people to throw accusations at you. However, this is where, uh, you make the most important set of decisions. And honestly, if this is a good friend, you can take them out to dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, your boys, they really mean a lot to you. Honestly, going to the bar and getting drunk with your boy is really not that big of a deal. You can take them out to a nice dinner. You know what I mean? Take them out to a good lunch and just talk with them. You don't have to keep your friendship in the context of what you normally kept it in. Um, and some people, to be honest, you got to drop. And let me be real with you. They weren't even your friends in the first place. If you took yourself out of the context of being drunk, high, or, you know what I mean, doing stupid things together, honestly, your friendship is probably superficial. And so don't hold on to something that's superficial in order to replace something that has great substance. Don't forfeit that. And so you have to walk out your season of victory. This is one of the number one dumb things. Like if I had a list, if it was like Family Feud, I don't know if you guys know Family Feud, but if it was Family Feud, please name one dumb thing that people do when they go back home. You know what I mean? This will be one of the top ones, all right? It'll be like number three, okay? Number three is going to the club or going and putting yourself in certain situations. For example, I'll give you another great one. You just got over an ex-boyfriend, okay? Someone that 
was, you know, you had a soul tie with someone that was like really important to you that hurt you and that kind of played with your heart. And um, you here in Korea, you decided, you know what, like I'm going to get set free. This person's not going to have any control over me anymore. Or I'm not going to give them that kind of authority. And then you go back, you go back home and you decide, oh, maybe I should meet with this ex-boyfriend because I want to tell them about Jesus. All right. And so I'm going to take you to a, a candlelit freaking dinner. All right. You know, we're going to go to a nice Italian restaurant so I can uh, uh, evangelize to you about all that Jesus has done. Okay. Right. Again, you're just putting yourself in a really dumb context. Now you think you think because you just got set free that it's all going to be good. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that you're weak, but I am trying to tell you that you need to exercise wisdom. It's not necessarily evil that you meet up with your ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, but it's also not wise. It's not evil that you go to the bar and have a beer with your friends, but that's not wise either, especially if you have an issue with drinking. You know, it's not um, evil for you to, you know, sit in a, a scythe, if you even know what a scythe is, or sit, you know, um, okay, sit where you, where people are smoking weed, all right, and you're just, you know what, I'm just gonna, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm just gonna sit here, and I'm just gonna smell the weed, but I'm strong, you know, I've overcome, don't put yourself in these situations, because one thing that happens when you go home is something called familiar spirits, and what I mean by familiar spirits is everything that you had struggled with back at home, that you got set free from here is going to come at you with a vengeance the moment you step at home. So it's kind of like what I was telling you about, like, going to my house. The moment I stepped into my house, all of a sudden I, like, started getting these, I started acting like I didn't get set free from certain things. And I'm like, what's going on? Did I not get set free? And you start getting this um, temptation to think that you still have problems. Or that it was just a Korea thing. All of that is not true. But what's going on is something that we call a familiar spirit. And the devil's trying to convince you, Roy, you see that? You know you want a beer. Like, let's just be real, homeboy. You know you want a beer right now. And all of a sudden, Roy's like, oh, my gosh, I do. I, I really want to be. Oh, my gosh, I still have this issue. Oh, well, if that's the case. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to hear that. Roy, you're going to want to drink. You know, like. So you're going to want to smoke the ganj, you know, like what, whatever, you know, like whatever it was, whatever the thing was that you struggled with, that the thoughts are going to come back. I'm going to make it very clear for you. It's going to come back, but that does not mean that it's coming from inside. Does that make sense? It's not an inner struggle anymore. You got set free. But it is an outside issue that's trying to get you to come into agreement. The moment you believe it's an issue again, you just open the door. So it's like, you still want to drink. You still want to drink. You still want to drink. Oh, my gosh, I still want to drink. The moment you say, I still want to drink, it's like, boop. You just open the door right back up to a place of going, falling back into addiction. As opposed to, oh, you still want to drink. You still want to drink. No, I don't. Yeah, okay, I get the temptation, but I don't. The problem is when you guys go back home, a lot of people, they think temptation is what defines them. 
But even Jesus himself was tempted. It's Jesus. I mean, he's perfect. You know, he's the son of God and the son of man. But even when the spirit led him to the wilderness and he was tempted, he was genuinely tempted. Jesus wasn't uh, numb. When Satan was like, hey, you can turn this stone into a piece of bread. It wasn't like Jesus wasn't hungry. Trust me. He was tempted. Trust me. He, he had every power to change that stone into bread for real. And he could have. And in fact, he might have even thought that thought, dang, I'm really hungry right now. But he chose not to come into agreement with the temptation. You guys hear what I'm saying? And so you have to have a season of victory, which means you have to start the new course as soon as you go back. Do not put yourself in familiar situations. Do not think yourself so above uh, not falling for temptations. And, you know, make yourself really vulnerable to making mistakes that you've totally been set free from. So you got to be wise. It's about wisdom. All right. Anyway, that's what I had to say about that. Tina. I'm just going to interrupt. You could do it anytime. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, going along with that, the thing is I also studied abroad for a year here. And if you guys know my testimony, I was very timid, very quiet, and I'm not the person that you see right now. Like, I am a totally different person. The way I speak is different. The way that I present myself is different. Like, this obviously was me, but when I came here, I was the complete opposite. So the thing is, what happened was when I was a student, um, God did so many things in my life. And I'm pretty sure you guys are able to relate. Like, all of a sudden, you become so confident in yourself, and you're like, yes, Jesus. Like, I could do all things who, through him who gives me strength. Like, everything like that, right? And so when I went home, I was ready. I was ready to be like, I'm going to plunder the house of Satan. I'm going to do damage for the kingdom because the Ninja Turtle thing, like, that was for my semester too. So I was like, I am ready to do some damage, like do some kingdom work in when I go back home, right? And like what Pastor Aaron says, you know, here God does so, like God did so many things here. But the thing is, when I went back home, everything was the same. I was faced with so many familiar spirits. And for me in particular, it wasn't drugs. Like, I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I didn't have sex. I didn't, I, I liked cafes. Okay. Uh, but the way for me was I was a gossip queen, like the subtle ones. And so I wasn't the kind that was like, no, 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 no. Cause I was so scared that they might come and like get me. <laughs> like, so I did it subtly. I'll just be like, you know, that girl, um, she slept with that person. Or did you hear about, she has a baby. Like, I would do, like, little things. <laughs> I'll do little tiny things so then they won't know it's me. But then for me, since I was so naive and so nice, my friends thought, like, that's the way I gave my friends joy. And that's also the way that I fit in. Like, I would say, like, an F word. And they'll be like, whoa, <laughs> she's so, oh, my gosh, she said the F word. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I'll say, like, F word, B word once in a while. I'll just throw it there. Here's a gift. You know, I'll just say, here's a gift. Because for me, that wasn't me, you know. But that's, like, I was faced with that. So when I went home, honestly, I had to cut off my friends. I will be honest with you guys. Like, they call me. I didn't meet with them all the time. Because I was so prone to be, like, blah, 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 gossip like crazy, you know. And so for a season, like, my friends are, like, oh, my goodness, you changed a lot. And not only that, like, this is sort of going off, you know, another thing is um, not only that, like for me, I was so excited. So I was also really excited to like share everything God did in my life here, share everything. Right. 
But I want to make it clear to you guys, do not throw your pearls out to everyone. It's so important. Like the testimonies you carry here, like if their heart is hardened and they cannot receive it, do not, you need to be wise too. You need to be discerning. Like, will this bless my friend or will this make my friend not even want to see you anymore? Like one of my friends, she totally thought I judged her. And I wasn't even talking about anything. I was just like, yeah, like this one of our brothers, like he went to jail and like he did a lot of drugs. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, and God is so good. And I was just sharing praise reports, right? And I was trying to bless them and show them how awesome God is. But in actually when she was hearing that, she felt, oh, snap, I can't share anything with Tina anymore. Oh, snap, she's going to judge my brother because her brother did a lot of drugs. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what? Like that wasn't my intention at all. But her heart wasn't ready to receive. So I was throwing something out, wanting to bless them, wanting to open up their eyes to see the glories of the Lord and all these things. But in reality, actually, she was closed up even more. And don't make that mistake. Be discerning. But that's just a little gift. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to do not go naked. Um, you guys are very blessed to be covered here. Um, and the thing is, like, when I, was, when I went back home, um, I actually didn't have a home church. So my home church was really New Philly. And you guys are, like, for those that go to MPC, you're also blessed because we have sons from afar. But I'll talk to you, to you guys about that afterwards. Um, but let's read A. Roy, can you read that for me? Covering. Yes. Um, one. It says, before even considering ministering to others, you must be in relationship and submission to leaders in a local church. This is important. Put a star next to it. (laughs) Put a star. All right. You need to be, huh? Okay. You need to be under submission at a local church. This is crucial. This is important. Because um, for me personally, like, like I said, I didn't have a local church. So honestly, I was so prone to spiritual pride. I'll be like, you guys don't understand what God did in my life. And so I almost felt like I knew more than the pastor. I'll be like, man, you don't know what, you know what happened here. So I'll just go there and try to like share everything that happened. And there was a heart that I, like, I wanted to submit, but it was a constant like tension. Because he wasn't... Um, feeding me the right way. And so for me, like, not even knowing it, I was so prone to being prideful. So prone. And this is, like, you guys might think, even if you have a home church, you might not think that you're going to deal with it. But when you go, you're going to start, you're going to have a tendency, like, you might be tempted to compare your church with New Philly or with Jubilee or with Onuri, right? But you can't do that. You have to be submitted to a leader because this is biblical. Like, you need to honor your leader that you're serving under. And it doesn't matter if he can't prove himself to you. Thing is, he's placed as your leader. That means you must submit. It doesn't matter if you don't, quote, unquote, honor him in the natural because that doesn't matter. Like, you guys will be blessed if you honor your leader. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) So submission to a leader is key. It is important. I ran around naked. (laughs) I'm being honest with you guys. When I went to Iowa, because I went to school in Iowa, 
but I live in Chicago, just making that clear. <laughs> but in Iowa, like, I just ran around. And for me, I was like, it's okay. This is when Sonship didn't exist in New Philly. It's, it's a new concept, but I would listen to New Philly podcasts. Like, every morning on Sundays, before I go to church, I'm like, I'm going to film myself first. I'm going to film myself first with Pastor Christian's, you know, message and Pastor Aaron's message. And I listen to it every morning on Sundays, and then I would go to church. And I sit there, and literally, like, for me, I was, oh, so bad. Anyways, I would sit there, and I would just read the Bible. I was bad, okay? Um, I would just read the Bible. Or everything he said, it would just come in, and it would go, but the thing is, that pastor has wisdom to release onto you guys. God is speaking to him as well. So eat every, receive everything. It's the word of the Lord, right? Maybe they don't preach it the same way as Pastor Aaron does, but it doesn't matter. It's the word of the Lord. So eat everything that you can. And the thing is, you guys have discernment, so eat the meat and throw out the bones. Don't sit there and be like, oh, and, try, and choke on a bone and be like, oh, you know, like eat everything and then throw out the bone. Oh, so like all the good stuff that, that they preach, right, you need discernment. So all that, the nutrients, all the word that is, is biblical, right, receive it. Take it into your heart, receive it. But there's some parts that you don't agree with. There's some parts that you're like, eh? I don't know if that's biblical. Like, there's some parts that you don't need to receive. You just throw it out. You just spit it out. You don't need to take it and be like, yes, that is the word of the Lord, because it might not be, you know? And so eat the meat, throw out the bones. Like, this is something I, I listened to a word when I was in college, too, from New Philly, and they were saying, eat the meat, throw out the bones. So literally, like, after a little while, I realized I need to submit, because I'm there for a while. And so I'll just sit there, and I would listen. And... Honestly, my pastor, actually, I went to a Korean church, and it was hard. <laughs> but I, I, you know, thankfully, I understand. But sometimes I would sit there, and I'm like, man, he talks about his son all the time. Man, he's talking like he's going in circles all the time. Man, his, oh, his sermon's so long. But seriously, you guys will not get blessed if you sit with that kind of mentality. Humble yourselves and go and receive what God is going to speak to him through like through him to you okay all right two alex why don't you read it loud and clear please put the mic close to your mouth test mm. all right go as uh, son by committing to a fa- ch- uh, church family stewarding your inheritance words and, and submitting to and honoring your leaders. Mm. Okay, so what does it mean to steward your inheritance? Think, guys. What does it mean to steward your inheritance? Somebody. I'm going to choose. <laughs> yes. First, listen to the message from the podcast. Yes. So. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> That's true. One more time. Here, go as a son by committing to a church family, stewarding your inheritance words, and submitting to and honoring your leaders. Good job. Okay, now the question. What does it mean to steward your inheritance? It's not that complicated. 
<laughs> to catch all the teachings and yeah. applying them to your life. How can you catch the teachings? Listen to the message. Bingo. <laughs> All right. <So laughs> Good job. So you guys now are in an era like where you don't have, you have podcasts, right? Podcast. Era. <laughs> you have podcasts. So seriously, like take advantage of it. Listen to the podcast. Honestly, like listening to the to a podcast, like a, uh, a sermon once, you're going to actually miss out on something. So listen to it many times and make it yours. Make it a part of you, you know? And so listen to the podcast, right? What else? Even stewarding your inheritance, submitting, right? Good. Um, listening to podcasts also means everything you learn, give it out. Bless people with it. That's when you actually know that you totally took it as yours. When you're able to bless others with that word, when you're able to share to others and let them like just totally, even if it's regurgitating everything you learned, that's going to bless them, you know, through your conversations. That's when you know that it's a part of you. Okay. So listen to the podcast and share. Okay. And also, um, another question, what is submission? Saying yes, ooh, saying yes, even if you don't agree. Excellent. Yeah, sometimes saying yes, even if you're if you don't agree, I think that's very important. Sometimes you're not gonna agree with your leaders, but it's submitting. I think I already mentioned this, even with my experience at church. Yeah, I don't agree with everything that they say. Yeah, like sometimes they might not be the greatest preacher. They might actually not be the nicest person, though they are a preacher. You know, but they're placed as your leader, then you submit because you will be blessed. That's it. You will be blessed. All right. B, if you feel called to be a son of New Philly Church, MPC. This is for those that are part of MPC, um, but also those that are not, if you feel led. Uh, number one, it says, remember that distance does not matter when it comes to spiritual sonship. Mm. Let that go deep. <laughs> Two, honor your spiritual leaders back home just as you honored your leaders at MPC and Emmaus. This is important. Okay, put a star next to that. Honor. That, you know, like, honestly, I don't know if you guys experienced it, but here in New Philly, like, here at Emmaus, and if you came to New Philly, this, the culture of honor is very important. And really, like, you can propel your leaders into a whole new level through honoring them, through blessing them, through saying thank you. Even, like, for me, when I was back at home, I'll be like, it was Korean, so I'll be like, Moksanim, thank you so much for that word. That really blessed me. 
thank you for that prayer that really just really spoke to me, right? And you could honor your leaders in that kind of way as well, blessing them. But honor really propels your leaders to go even higher. And when they go higher, you go higher. You'll, you'll be blessed. You'll be taken to a whole new level, and you'll be propelled into a whole new level of authority and anointing. Okay? So honor your spiritual leaders back at home, just as you honor those at MPC and Emmaus. Don't separate the two. Do not separate the two. Really, everything that you carry here, you should multiply it back at home. So all the honor you've given us, give it even, like, give it double fold to your leaders. Shower them. Bless them. Shower them with honor. Okay? Yeah, that kind of. <laughs> uh, three, um, officially, so this is with um, Sons from Afar with New Philly. Three, officially join in covenant as a son by emailing sonsfromafar at newphilly.cc. And filling out the online form, you will be given an Wufu form. Yes. It's very efficient. And four, sonship is all about stewarding, stewarding your inheritance, the words of your spiritual father. So be sure to listen to all the MPC and Emmaus sermons. Okay. So if you come into sonship under this house, right, you're still going back home. So you're going to be serving at a church that you either attended back at home or you will be attending back at home if you didn't have a home church. So when you honor your spiritual leaders there, you're honoring Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron. If you bless them, you're going to be blessing Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron. Okay? So when you go back home, don't, like I said, don't separate the two. Go back home and just bless them. You're going to, like, you know, you, I, I, some of your churches may be fire-filled. They may be awesome. But many of the churches in the States are dry. So they, like I said, there's going to be a tendency to, to compare. But don't. Because the spirit is moving everywhere. God is everywhere. And you guys need to recognize that. You know, like with Pastor Aaron's message, you know, the present today, recognize that God's there with you right now. So when you're at home, the God that's in Korea is the God that's in America. <laughs> right? So the church may not resemble the same thing, but the thing is God is there, and you guys have Jesus living in you. Therefore, you're able to be the light, right? And so when you go back home, don't forget that the Spirit is moving in you, and he's going to use you powerfully at home. Okay. And even if your church, like the the whole um, idea, like the whole, uh, what is it called? Sonship may not be something that your church is familiar with. It's a very new concept, right? But don't feel like, you know, just because they don't understand, they won't understand you. Really, it's honor. So just honor your church members, your, your you know, brothers and sisters, your pastor. And if your heart is at the right place, you'll learn and you'll grow abundantly. Okay? And you will be fruitful. Um, there's an example of our student, Joe Ping. I don't know if you guys know him, Joe Ping. So he's in Sonship to New Philly, correct? Yes. He is in Sonship, and he has an uh, you know amazing testimony, which one day you guys will hear. Um, but basically, he came here, and he was um, very backslidden, very backslidden. But then he's, he, God really transformed his life while he was here. And when he went back home, he flourished. 
And now he's serving with KCCC, and he's, like, on fire for the Lord because he recognized that he is the one that can bring change. God is going to use him, right? So he didn't let his environment change him, affect him in any way. He didn't let that, you know, the same complacent, whatever, mundane life affect him. But he recognized that he has authority, and so he went out and, and he was a blessing back at home, right? And so... Not only is he in sonship to this house, but while he's there, he's growing like crazy, right? And so when you guys go back home too, it's understanding that, the authority that you carry. And, you know, beforehand, like, that you guys lack nothing. And when you go back home, it's going to be the same. It's going to be even better, right? Okay. Um, C. If you feel you are not called to be a son of MPC, New Philly Church, then submit in sonship and love to the church God leads you to. Amen. That's it. That's pretty <laughs> straightforward. If you don't feel that to MPC, get into sonship somewhere. You need to be covered. You need to be covered. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> D, if you do not have a church family back home or are considering leaving your church, please refer to the last page of this seminar. <laughs> ah, keeps electric. Okay. Um, number one, look at number three. Sons from afar, don't email that. That's the wrong email. You got you to gotta email sonship at newphilly.cc. Sonship at newphilly.cc. That sons from afar, if you email that, you're going to email everyone who's a son from afar. So that's not going to go to PC or me. It's going to go to everybody else. So you probably don't want to do that. So cross that out, sonship at newphilly.cc. Now let me clarify a couple of things. This is a new portion of this seminar um, because sons from afar didn't exist. So I'm going to clarify because I know this could seem a little bit confusing, all right? Um, number one, when we talk about going as a son to a church family, uh, let me just clarify. Number, you, not all of you are called to be sons from afar. Okay, so if you uh, don't go to New Philly, if you went to New Philly but you are really connected with your home church, then that's awesome. Then go back to your church. You know what I mean? And but we want to encourage you to go back to your church with a spirit of sonship. Now, what sonship means is rather than going as someone who is uh, watching a show. Rather than going uh, as a consumer, I want a good message and I want some good worship. And if it's not good, I'm going to leave the church. Going as a son means I'm going to go to this church to serve, to help build. Knowing that if I do that, if if I carry that kind of attitude, I'm going to be blessed. So that's a small portion of what we mean by sonship. For some of you guys who don't go to New Philly, you may have not even really heard the term. In that case, don't worry too much about it. Um, This section is kind of really devoted to those who... Um, have already gotten a lot of teaching about sonship and um, specifically are desiring to become a son from afar. Now, with that said, okay, son from afar, uh, let me clarify that as well. Um, For some of you guys, when you go back to your church, your pastors actually don't have the same theology or doctrine as Nephili. Now, I'm, pe- I'm going to speak specifically to those who went to New Philly. So if you didn't, just please excuse me for a second. 
um, but because this has so much to do with our church. So excuse me. But for those of you that did go, um, for some of you guys, when you go back home and you say words like sonship, your pastor's going to have no idea what you're talking about, except the idea of sonship in the context of what most people know, which is we're all sons of God. But sonship to a physical person, not everybody's going to have a grid or a paradigm for that. In the same way, some of your pastors are not going to believe in physical healings. Some of them uh, may be sensationists, cessationists, which means they don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, um, people falling. They might think that that's of the devil, or they may just think that that's not for today. So you may have come here with a completely different background. Some of you might have come from a Catholic background, whatever it may be, what I'm trying to say is if the theology of New Philly is completely different to the theology of your church back home, you have a decision that you're going to need to make. Now, if you feel like you are getting fed, like you being at New Philly has fed you, when you listen to the message, you come alive. Uh, It speaks directly into your situation um, that you know, each message has transformed you. Like if that's the kind of experience that you've been having, most likely Uh, you're a son from afar, okay? And and I mean that if you don't get that same experience from your home church. If your home church pastor preaches, but for you, it's... uh, It's not like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the same paradigm. You're not getting... uh, Uh, the same sort of teaching, that same sort of challenge. If that's the case, then I want to encourage you, join sons from afar. If you're going back to a solid church, good teaching, then if that's the case and you feel safe with your pastor, then by all means, don't feel it necessary to join sons sons from afar. This is specifically because we created this because so many students went back home, went to a church that did not have the same paradigm as New Philly, And they felt just completely abandoned. And listening to the podcast was good, but they felt disconnected to the church. You know, it's like, well, I'm not in Korea anymore. So New Philly is just a church I visited in Korea. But here in my church, I feel like I'm not getting any teaching. um, And I'm having a really hard time. And this and that. And so they were stuck. And we've seen a lot of students um, struggle. because of that. So what we decided to do is we decided to create the sons from afar. And what this is, is it's not just, oh, I'm going to listen to the messages. Yippee. No. Sons from afar is an actual covenant. You have actual requirements. You have responsibilities. Not only that, you get connected to what we call an ICCP, which is going to be a pastor that's completely devoted to you. And so we have a pastor that oversees all our sons from afar. This pastor connects via Skype, email. You know what I'm saying? So you have someone that's going to connect with you relationally to make sure, hey, Roy, like, how are things going? How's it been since you got back? What are some things you're struggling with? And someone that's going to speak directly into your life. What happens is people leave, and then they all want to contact me or my husband. And so what we get is, like, essays. Like, if I showed you my email listserv, like, seriously, I get, like, five-page essays of people's, like, you know, all the things that they're facing and issues and yada, 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 yada. I do not – it's not possible for me to answer and uh, personally pastor everybody that leaves this church but feels connected to the church. So what we decided is, in the same way, I can't personally pastor everybody that goes to New Philly. That's why we have small group leaders. So we've set up ICCPs, uh, intercontinental, like the breakfast, 
intercontinental care pastors, okay? Community care. Anyway, ICCP. My husband and his titles. All right, so if that's the situation that you're in, and I think I'm just beating the bush, because for those of you that are sons from afar, I think you guys already know it, and I think you guys are already ready to email this and go for it. If you're confused at what I'm talking about right now, don't get so stuck on it. Come and talk to me after, and I'll be happy to sit with you, just because I know some of this is like, what is she talking about? Um, and so... That And there's a bunch of messages on the back page that can help explain what I'm talking about. There's a message PC preached. Uh, various messages on sonship as well as sons from afar. So uh, if you're confused, refer to those messages or talk to me. But here's one thing that I do want to say uh, specifically to those um, that do feel like they're a son from afar. Uh, when you go home, the way that you treat your local pastors is representing is representing Pastor Christian and myself. So if you think that because they don't preach as awesome as PC does, and because they don't preach as awesome as he does, you really don't need to pay attention, especially because you just listen to the message on the way to church. You know, if that's your attitude, you are misrepresenting me and PC. You've missed it. And I'll give you an example of this on the flip side. We've had someone that came to our church recently. And this person came from a really famous and amazing church um, in the States. And so they came from this famous church in the States. And when they came in, like, you know, they were really excited about our church. Like, wow, this is great. But they, their attitude towards our preaching, towards our ministry was just like, oh, that's cute. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are on your way. Aww. Like, one day you'll be just like my church. Like, just so full of pride and arrogance that they were not able to be blessed by a single message. And they couldn't hear. It was as if this person was deaf. And when I would ask them, hey, so what are some things you received this past month? They, couldn't, they had nothing to say. Now, not only did this issue resonate on Sundays, it resonated in their small group. Their small group leader had terrible time because everything that they said, they just were, was like, oh, well, I don't know if I really agree with that. Because back in my church, you know, in my church, we don't do that. Yeah, I don't care if the church that you're going through back at home is not, you know what I mean, A, B, C, or D. That's not the spirit of God. To go into any church environment, to judge, to go with pride, to compare, that's not the spirit of God. So even if you go back and the church seems dry, I mean, be very careful about your attitude. Because trust me, no matter what the environment is, you are in the position to be blessed. Now, the cool thing about honor is you can honor somebody above where they're at, and it'll actually elevate them. You know, when I first became a co-lead pastor, um, I struggled with that. And so because I was insecure about becoming a co-lead pastor, one, I didn't have a seminary degree. Two, I was 26 27, I think when that, 26, 27, when that happened. So I was quite young and a, a lot of the congregation members were older than me. And so I was, I had a lot of things that made me feel like a little bit less than, right? And so when I first stepped in, I was a little bit self-conscious. So when people came to me like, oh, Pastor Aaron, what should I do? I'd be like, I don't know. You know, like go talk to my husband or I didn't give them the best of advice. I just wasn't sure of myself. So I kind of struggled a lot and it, it showed in the way that I did ministry. Um, but there are certain people that honored me above what I felt. 
Which means even if I was struggling, they'd be like, you know what, PE, like you're amazing. Like I'm so grateful for your leadership. That thing that you said in passing, it really blessed me. Like they were so open their heart. They were walking in such humility that despite my shortcomings, despite my own insecurity, they were getting blessed. And because they were positioning themselves to get blessed and they were sharing that with me, I started getting more and more confident. I started getting more bold. I started getting more, you know what I mean? And I was able to really speak clearly in their lives. And so no matter where your leader is, the way that you treat them can actually affect the way that they're able to bless you. So if you go with contempt or judgment, yeah, you shut the door, period. If you go with honor, trust me, no matter where they're coming from, even if they don't believe that the Holy Spirit causes us to speak in tongues or whatever, you'll be blessed, you know? And so be careful with your attitude. This has been another major issue that we've had. Um, it's kind of like, this is the example for those, again, I'm sorry, I'm spending so much time with this, but this is where a lot of issues come from. For those of you that are sons from afar, it's like this. When you go home to your local church, it's like going to your uncle's house. Okay. At New Philly, you're used to eating dinner at six. But at your uncle's house, his rule is dinner's at five. Now, just because your own spiritual mother and father has taught you dinner's at six, if you're at your uncle's house, you got to submit to dinner at five. Does that make sense? Why? Because that's your uncle's house. You're in his house. So you got to respect his authority. And the way that you respect his authority shows how good of a father raised you. If you go in your uncle's house and you say, no, Samchun, I eat dinner at six o'clock. That's what I've been taught. You know what you're doing? You're disrespecting your own father. <laughs> Does that make sense? And all of a sudden, your uncle's like, dang, your, your father did not raise you right if you're going to do that. But this, that's the same thing. And so if there's certain things that they are not comfortable with, then you are no place to pursue. I'll give you an example. This is what I'm talking about in submission. If your church is not comfortable with speaking in tongues, I don't care what you've experienced here. You need to honor that. If going to a prayer meeting, all of a sudden you shunda la 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 la, and your pastor goes up to you and be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You can do that in your private time, but you can't do that here. You can't be like, well, you don't own me. You know, speaking in tongues is from the Lord. You know, like how do you need, you need to listen to my pastor's message. Or if you come with that kind of attitude, like, please don't tell them you know me. <laughs> you know, please don't tell them you have any association because that's not how we raised you. Okay. If they are not comfortable with you speaking in tongues, then you honor that. And you say, okay, I'm going to submit to that. I'm going to speak in tongues in my own prayer closet. But here, I'm going to respect. I'm going to respect you because this is your house. Does that make sense? Even if you know deep down inside, speaking in tongues in public is not bad. Irregardless, you got to honor your leader. You got to submit. If your pastor is not comfortable with you laying hands and praying people who are for people who are sick, you find out about that. Your pastor's like, listen, I've been hearing you've been healing everybody and their mama. I'm not comfortable with that. Can you stop that? What? How dare you? How dare you tell me to stop? This is the will of the Lord. You know? No, please don't. Please don't. Just, okay. I'll submit. I'll honor your decision. You doing that will open up your pastor's heart to healing more than you trying to convince them. So please do not misrepresent what you've learned here. So many people have misrepresented us. They went home. They talked to their pastors with arrogance. They looked down on their small group leaders. They treated messages that they got at their local churches with contempt. You know, they looked at their college ministries and they're like, 
this ain't no Emmaus. And they completely, man, breaks my heart. Now, we had a student that had to face a situation like that. And she went back to a really dry spiritual environment. And things of the spirit, things that she learned that brought her so much life here, they just did not accept. It was not okay with them. So when she shared her testimony, a lot of people were really uncomfortable. And some of the leaders were saying, can you please, you know, like, that's great. But nobody celebrated it. Does that make sense? You know, it's kind of like, wow, I saw someone get healed. And instead of like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. It's like, okay, you know, like, wow, really? And all of a sudden, she got hit with this. She was like, wait, how come nobody's celebrating with me? Anyway, what happened was she had a choice. And what she decided was that, you know what, this, this, um, irregardless of what she was facing, she was going to choose to honor the campus ministry. And she said to herself, I have something to learn here, and I have something to be blessed by, these leaders. They have something to give me. They have something to show me. I have something to learn. And so she humbled herself. And because she humbled herself, after a semester under their leadership, she actually walked out of that semester stronger and more solidified. You know what I'm saying? That's what we want to see for you. That's the bottom of our hearts. Um, that's what true sonship is. And so let's not misrepresent what, what we're doing here. You know, because I've seen people misrepresent their churches coming to Nephili and treating us with contempt. And you know what I think in my mind? Your leader didn't raise you right. It's the same situation. You see that kid throwing a tantrum in the supermarket, and you're like, you're not looking at the kid. You know who you're judging? The mama. The father. You know? But when you see a kid beautifully mannered, you know, kind, genuine, you know who you're praising? Not the kid. The parents. You know? And so don't be misrepresenting the house. If you're a son from afar. Now, if you're not a son from afar, I want to encourage you to have the same attitude towards your leaders back at home. Seriously. Because I'm telling you, honor is so powerful. It will, ch- it will bless the heck out of the leaders. We have one student that went back, and he embodied sonship so much that that pastor who was against that teaching started teaching it. And it started a sonship revolution in California, mind you. And the, it just started, that, that paradigm got completely opened up to this college group. Because of his heart, everything was done in humility and submission and honor. Such honor. So that's the kind of power that you guys carry. Okay, and one more thing, eat the meat, throw out the bones. I'm going to re-explain that to you. Okay, well, eat the meat and throw out the bones is this. Uh, Eating the meat, especially if you are standing by a certain teaching, eating the meat is anything that agrees with the teaching. Now, what happens is if you get a pastor that says something, you know, preaches about something, but in the middle of his message says one thing that you disagree on, some people have the temptation to throw out the whole sermon. Like everything that this pastor just preached for the past 40 minutes is nonsense because he said one thing that I don't agree with. 
um, that's dumb. That's foolishness, you know? So that's where we come up with, okay, eat the meat, eat the things that you know you've learned. Eat the, you know, eat it, get nourished by the things that according to the teaching that you're submitting to, whether it's New Philly or whether it's your local church, eat the meat, but just spit out that one bone. Oh yeah. God is so powerful. Uh, he's working in your life right now, but speaking in tongues is not for today. Okay. You could have, you could receive about 50% of that. What, what that person just said. Does that make sense? Just eat the meat. Yeah. God is powerful. He's working in my life today, but I'm not sure if I agree with not speaking in tongues, if that's the theology of your father, if that makes sense. Yeah. Swan. Um, this is what, what I think it was Roy who said submission is also saying yes, even when you don't agree. Um, when we talk specifically about eat the meat and throw out the bones, we're not talking about picking and choosing what you think is right based on your judgment. If you do that, you will be in a lot of trouble. Okay. And this is why sonship is so important because the father, and this is why teaching is so important is because the father that you're submitting onto, whether it's your local pastor that you have, you know, relationship with, or whether it's PC and myself, um, we're the ones that provide your theology and your teaching. And so it's not for you to pick and choose based on your personal thing. It's for you to pick the bones of what your father does not agree with. Does that make sense? The problem is too many Christians pick and choose teaching based on their own judgment. And what happens is we have a, a Christianity and a theology that's like Burger King. You know, like I want the burger with no pickles, no tomatoes, more, you know, extra ketchup. And that's not how theology works. It's not pick and choose. And so you got to be careful. So that's a really good question about what, you know, defines eating the meat and throwing at the bones. Um, but it is good. If you have a question about what your, if your local, if it's your local pastor you're submitting to, or if it's PC and myself, it's good to ask questions like, Hey, um, you know, David Kang, who's one of the ICCPs. Hey, Dave, pastor David, uh, you know, PC in his last message talked about this and that. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. Like, I learned it this way. Like, can you explain that to me? That's important to do. If you don't get it, ask. Don't be a robot. We're not trying to get, oh, I follow PC and PE. And you have no grid of understanding. You know why that's so uh, inefficient? Is because when someone asks you that same question you're thinking and you never got answered, you have nothing to say to them. You know, when PC said that, Roy, what did he mean? Uh, I don't know. You just need to submit. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't help anybody. But if you have a sincere question, be a critical thinker. I learned it this way. So what does that mean? How do I do this? And talk to somebody. Talk to a pastor that's part of the church that you're a part of. And get some answers. You know? And after you get some answers, get enlightened, get encouraged, and then move on. And then, therefore, you're better prepared. Okay? Yeah. Okay, do not go naked. That's awesome. You know, the best uh, picture I can give you is like, if you're under submission to a leader, it's like being under an umbrella on a rainy day. So if you're under my leadership, it's like Brandon's coming under my umbrella. Okay? Um, and oh, I'm sorry, I was going to break it into Rihanna, but I just helped myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's like, it's pouring rain and Brandon's coming under my umbrella. Why? Because he is under my covering, which means he's submitting. Uh, if he has issues, he's submitting to, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, uh, you know, 
go joining small group, because that's highly encouraged, then joining small group would be an act of submission. Um, if it's uh, being honest, if you, you know, are, are have a major falling out in sin, let's say you committed a major sin, being vulnerable and honest, um, that would be an act of submission. And so when he does that, he's coming under my umbrella and he's coming out of the rain. Now, going out naked is when people decide to be their own leader. I submit to nobody. I tell nobody my issues and I tell nobody my concerns. And if you tell me to go to small group, I'll decide that for myself. I'm in charge of my own life. That's when you are your own shepherd. When you become your own shepherd, you have stepped out of an umbrella and now you are free to get completely soaking wet. Now, another example of going out naked is this, you know, as a leader, I cover you. Let's so Roy, for example, Roy, um, actually Roy's too tall. Let's have Marie come here real quick. Let's get someone cute and small. Now, if Marie's, she's a son. Okay. Or for the sake of including everybody here, Marie is under my church leadership. Okay. And so Marie is under my covering. Now, how far can Marie see? She can see about this and a little bit higher. But is Marie able to see on top of her head? Who's got that viewpoint? I do. Because I'm her leader, I got a vantage point that she can't see. So what happens is a lot of people make decisions based on this perspective. And based on this perspective, they think they've made the right choice. However, what they fail to realize is they can't see here. And as a leader, I can see here, and I know that the decision that she's about to make is a bad decision. So as a leader, I advise her, Marie, I know you think that's a good idea, but you should not leave Korea to join Disneyland and become a Cinderella. I know to you that seems like it would make complete sense. Let's get the heat off. Let's get the heat off. I know for you that makes complete sense, but listen, from the perspective that only I can see as your leader, this is a wrong decision. So being under covering is trusting that your leader can see something you can't. Now, the problem is people are so arrogant these days, or we've learned to be self-sufficient, independent. In fact, depending on somebody is considered weakness and stupid. I'm not dependent, independent. You even know that? Anyway, um, go ahead, sit down, cutie. Uh, <laughs> oh, my leg. Anyway, so, um, so what happens is we're so taught independence is so, it's strength. Independence is wisdom. So that when you talk about being dependent or allowing yourself to be vulnerable to a leader, it's considered weakness, when in reality, it's considered wisdom. So that's being undercovering, allowing a leader's perspective, their decisions, their voice speak louder than your own decision. So if I want to do something, I got to go under my hus husband's covering. Babe, I want to buy this $1,000 sofa. I have discerned it's of the Lord. It's a gorgeous sofa. And I want to do it. But I'm going to talk to my husband about it. I may be 100% sure that this is the decision of the Lord. But if my husband says, nah, I'm going to fight him a little bit. We're going to discuss it a little bit. But even after discussion, if he still says, no, I don't bear witness with that, I'm going to submit. So I'm going to let his, his voice rule over mine. Now, don't get that twisted, ladies, because my husband, when we make decisions, always considers my opinion. And that's the thing with leadership and submission that people don't get. I think everyone thinks you're going to become a robot, you're going to get controlled. If it's a good leader, <laughs> if you're a good leader, you're not teaching how to be, control somebody, you're teaching how somebody to be mature. So when Tina comes to me, Tina, when Tina comes to me 
and says, oh, P.E., we have this situation with Isaac. He's fallen in love with Marie Suazo and has told me that they want to get married. Okay? And Tina's like, I have no idea what to do. So she comes to my leadership to get covering. What I'm going to tell her is, all right, Tina, this is what you need to do, A, B, and C, and D. What a, Tina, what, do I'm gonna, what am I going to say to you? It's foolishness. No, no, no. Okay. If she, exactly. If she, if she comes to me, what do I do? The first thing I always ask her is, what do you think? And I give her a choice to step up as a leader because I'm not there to be a fortune teller. I'm there to teach her to learn what it means to walk in wisdom. So I say, what do you think? And that, well, I think that that's foolishness. Amen. You thought, right, that is foolishness. <laughs> but that's what a true leader does. Okay, I talked a lot. But I hope you guys get a little bit of great understanding. Okay. Okay. Let that sink in. <laughs> um, you know, another thing is, I think for me too, personally, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, it's, I've always ran around quote-unquote naked because I like I said I never had a home church right I never had a leader to submit under and when I was back at home in Chicago I would go to a retreat every summer to fill myself up to get like get myself with fuel myself with gas to go through another semester and then I would go go back to that same retreat and fill myself up and so I had though I went to church ever since I was little honestly I didn't have spiritual covering until I came here and really for me my biggest fear was vulnerability, exposing myself, like telling people that I'm, you know, I fear this. And, and even just asking questions, I had a lot of fears because for me, I grew up independent my whole entire life. I had to, right? And so for me, I thought that was the safest thing to do. But when I came here and came under submission, honestly, I was able to be free. It set me free. And it was a desire of mine to be led. It was a desire of mine to be in submission. And you know what Pastor Aaron said was, when you're under authority, you learn to submit. But you need to learn to submit in order to be an authority. It needs to be both ways. If you don't know how to submit, then you can never be an authority. Right? And so for us, too, I'm under authority. Like, I'm under Pastor Aaron's authority. Right? Because she's able to speak She's able to see the top of my head. And now I'm able to do that for you guys as well. But if I don't do that with Pastor Aaron, how in the world am I going to, how am I, like, how am I supposed to expect that from you guys, right? And so being undercovering is crucial. It's very important. And, you know, when you go back home, please don't go from church to church to church to church. Like she said, don't, like, pick and choose and say, oh, I like this about this church. Oh, I don't like the people and then go to a different church. Like, it's not about that submit and and be under one leader okay and also for do not go naked if you want more if you want to learn more listen to the podcast called do not go naked by pastor christian (laughs) all right okay next one is discipleship and accountability um a i'll just read it for you guys no matter how mature you grow as a christian there will never be a time when you will not need to be shepherded and held accountable amen Yes. You know, like I said, being you need to be under submission. Um, you need to be shepherded. Okay? Um, you know, for us, all, all the staff, we keep each other accountable. We have accountability partners. We're shepherded under Pastor Ann and Pastor Christian, 
and then we keep each other accountable. We, we ask the wrong questions. We become vulnerable. We let them speak into our lives and we let them stretch us. We let them say that was foolishness. Yes, Isaac. Okay. S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D-E-D. One more time. S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D-E-D. No, everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody thought that. No, it's true. That was a good question. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys all need to be like all the staff. We keep each other accountable because we recognize that this is a body of Christ, right? Some things you don't see in yourself. Let someone else speak to you. Okay. And, and bring healing into your life as well. And you do vice versa for that person. And so, um, one question, who can tell me what it means to be shepherded? Yes, Marie. Do you have the mic? Can you guys quickly, quickly? Having someone to guide you mm-hmm. and lead your path. Right, to lead your path, right? So a spiritual leader to circumcise you from the things of the flesh. Okay? Um, letting a leader have oversight over your soul. Okay? And then letting them just speak, speak life into you, cut away deception and confusion. Okay, sheep are dumb. They're stupid. They need a shepherd. Okay, and so in Psalm 23, you know, it says the shepherd will lead the sheep to still waters. We need the shepherd in our lives. Okay, and even if that means going through the valley of death, the shadow of death, like the shepherd will take care of us. Stop. Don't be a sheep spazzing out by yourself trying to find your own way. All right. The Lord is our shepherd, right? And he's given us shepherds in, in, in the natural too. He's given us our pastors. He's given us your small group, lead, familiar leaders to lead you guys into still waters. Believe in, that's, that's in the word. It's the truth. And just receive it. Okay? Um, don't be dumb. Seriously, this is just, it's obvious. Don't be dumb. Okay, B, your level of submission determines your level of growth and your spiritual authority. Okay, so this is an illustration of this is that a man must kneel down before he is knighted and authority is released to him. Deep. Your level of submission must be greater than your level of authority because you're asking others to submit to you. We already mentioned this. And if you're not submitted to others, it's like you're not practicing what you preach, right? Like I said, how can I make you guys submit to me if I can't submit under Pastor Aaron? Foolishness. Okay, so your submission really determines your authority. Okay. Um, See, keep this in mind while relating to spiritual leaders back at home. I'm just going to read all this. Okay. One, just as God does not look at the outside but looks at the heart, use spiritual discernment while relating to a spiritual leader. Don't trust what you see in the natural. They may look a certain way. They may speak a certain way. But that doesn't mean that they don't carry authority. You might think, oh, snap, they, like, they're not like Pastor Aaron. So, you know, they don't, they don't seem like they carry the wisdom of Pastor Aaron. But honestly, like, if you let them speak into your life, I'm pretty sure they have mad wisdom. Receive. Right? So don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge your spiritual leader by what they seem like. You know? Um, 
Look at their heart, too. Okay? And two, look for a spiritual leader who is theologically sound and not cultish. <laughs> so if they all of a sudden talk about God as a, your mother, run away. <laughs> okay? Do, if, you guys know, right? And so, like, I'm pretty sure you guys, you know, met a lot of random people in Korea, too. Like, you know, you can discern if it's not of the Lord. If they're coming to you and, like, sharing all these random things, like, even, like, there's some people that could twist the Bible and make it sound a certain way right? You need to be careful. So that means read your Bible and also be discerning. All right. And so it just, yeah, theologically sound. And three, your aim out of your discipleship relationship, um, getting your leaders, getting, getting your leaders, bigger Jesus, their faith and walk should resonate with a larger reliance, trust and view of Christ than what you currently have. Um, yeah, so basically with your disciple, when you're talking with your disciple, (laughs) yes, long story short, that's what it is. So your leader, you look at them and like what Pastor Ann said, they should be walking greater maturity. And when you look at them, you, you're able to respect them. You're able to receive from them. From like, and if, like she said, if they just become a Christian, I don't think you should be under them. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. Mm. That's good. Submission is key. Did you guys hear what Pastor Ian said? Submission is key. And yes. Amen. That's that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, and four, if you are part of a church and a campus ministry back home, it's possible that you'll have multiple leaders speaking into your life. It's important to choose and submit to one voice. That's straightforward. And then the last one, it says, set up an accountability partner or group. One, if it exists in your church or campus ministry, get involved. If there is not one available to join, start one yourself with people that you trust who are pursuing God and want to grow. All right? So it may not be perfect. Your accountability group may not be perfect. Face it. But if you have partners to keep you accountable, they will stretch you. They will challenge you, and they will bring, help you grow. And vice versa. You will help them grow, right? And so as, as a body of Christ, you need one another. The kingdom of God is expanded through relationships, right? And so even with accountability, like you have a relationship with this person and you expose and you, you obviously you need to trust them. But when you trust them and you let your dirty out too, like they're able to really speak life into you and propel you higher, and take you even, like, even in intimacy with the Lord, they're able to really challenge you. And another, like, for me, my accountability partner, she'll even keep me accountable with, like, my, my QTs. I need that, you know? Or even, like, simple things like exercising. <laughs> I need that, 
You know, your body is a temple of the Lord. You need to do that. So your accountability partner will help you really grow in that way. And two, make it clear that you will be committed to one another no matter what. You guys will have times where you don't agree. You'll have times when that person rubs you the wrong way. But that doesn't matter. If you're committed to them, you're saying, I choose to love you even if I don't feel like it sometimes. I choose, you know, I choose to be by your side even if you did this and you sort of made me a little bit annoyed. Right? Like, you are committed to that person and you're committed to keep them accountable and really take them higher. Okay? All right. We're going to go into the next one. Rona? Um, One thing about the bigger Jesus, I think that, um, like, it's actually kind of like I went to um, a very evangelical Bible-believing campus ministry, and the leader that was placed over me was anti-spirit-filled everything. So everything about my testimony, everything about me was very, like, rubbing her the wrong way. But I knew God put me under her leadership, right? And so what I did was I looked for her... Um, what God was doing in her life. So her um, consistency with the word, her love for Jesus, her, her like submission to the leaders, all that stuff, you look for those kind of things. If you're placed under a leader, like Pastor Aaron said, that maybe even I- immature, more immature than you or younger than you in faith, look for what they have and pull that from them. They have something. If they have the Holy Spirit in them, they're placed over you, then look at what they have, draw out the gold in them, honor that. Um, okay. Next section is carriers of revival. Um, A, the first step in carrying the fire back to your Jerusalem is to remember your true identity in the Lord. You are a carrier of his presence. See the identity seminar for more. Um, If you went to New Philly, uh, you may have met Pastor John Michael. He compiled this long list of identities in the Lord, right? And so in the Bible, in the word of God, there's treasure. And there's also um, who you are. Pastor Aaron preached a sermon on this called Mirror, Mirror. And it says we have many mirrors we could look at, but the only true mirror is the word of God. And if you want to know who you are, look at that mirror. It'll tell you who you are. If you want that seminar, um, any of us have it. Email Tina or I. We'll email it to you. But basically, if you want to do anything for the kingdom, you have to know who you are as a son of God. Um, That's really important. And don't let fruitfulness or no fruit or um, failure or success in ministry or whatever dictate your identity. Because fruit's going to come and go. Success is going to come and go. But who you are is going to be eternal. And so don't let that ever change. Don't budge from that place. Be a word, for a, new, uh, a word for New Philly Church that you can declare over yourself is that God will open doors that no one can shut from Revelation 3.8. That's one of the um, theme verses from New Philly, how we got the name, right? Um, no, it's not. Sorry. But that's a verse that was from like 2010, 2009. But anyway, God's going to open up doors for you as you go back. So um, what this means, opening doors, is like you are just a normal college student. You can work your way and get good grades or get a good job or whatever. But as Jehi shared earlier, there's also just sometimes favor that's going to fall on you. There's also just opportunities that are going to come your way. And they are undeserved. They're unmerited. You didn't deserve them. But God's going to orchestrate that for you. Because he's already in your college campuses before you even got there. He sent his spirit ahead of you. He loves you that much. So he's preparing something for you in advance. Um, When I got back to my home university, when I was a student in 2008, my sorority asked me 
to share about my study abroad experience with them in front of 200 girls. I didn't even ask anyone. I was dying to share my testimony, but I'm like, oh, when am I going to get to share? I don't have a home church. I don't know anybody. But they asked me, and I'm like, okay. And then I shared, and then there was a line of girls that, that lined up with tears. Like, I went through similar things as you. Like, I, I, man, I need what you experience. And I was like, man, I could not have worked that out. That was God's open door. And so he has open doors for you. And you don't have to freak out. You don't have to worry about how you're going to save everybody. Like, God's already got it figured out. Just trust him. Um, um, more than that, like, there's, there's a lot more. But my testimony is on podcasts. We're going to move on. See, if you want to see any person, campus, city, or nation changed by the power of God, it will be the fruit of a prayer movement. And I think, yes. Oh, expect God's favor, speaking opportunities, moments to share with friends, and divine appointments every place that God sends you. Open doors and favor. Okay, thank you guys. If you want to see, okay, prayer movement, prayer on C. Um, if you guys went to New Philly for any length of time or stuck around for a May 615 uh, prayer meeting, you guys know that prayer is so powerful. And bef- behind every big move of God, there's usually a prayer movement. There's a people who are like coming together, crying out for the revival that's about to happen. So if you want to see revival, if you want to see crazy stuff happen on your uh, campuses, campus ministries, family, church, um, prayer. Prayer with other people who are like-minded, like-hearted, it's going to be like what paves the way. That's why New Philly, before the service, we have Sunday Swim. We have Friday Fire. We have joint prayer meeting, 615. It's always preparing the way for what God's about to do. Um, Okay. D, the most powerful thing you can do is share your testimony. Your testimony is a prophecy over everyone that hears that God is real, God is loving, and God can change it, change us. Um... As Tina said earlier, you don't want to share it all the time, like, to people who don't want to listen. But at the same time, you want to share it and not treat it with contempt. Like, you have one story from the Lord. And he's written a story for you that he has not written for anyone else. And so what you share, um, no one else can share. And I think all of us, um, I hope that you guys have been writing your testimony out, that you guys have been documenting what God has been doing in your life. And get used to sharing it. Get used to sharing a, a like five-second version, a five-minute version, ten-minute version, like an hour-long version. Gauge people's responses. If they look like they're about to zone out, then give the five-second one. But give something, you know. Look at where they are. And you have discernment. You have the spirit in you. So don't be, like, rigid. I have to share every detail. But, like, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. There's sometimes where I share my testimony. I don't talk about any Holy Spirit stuff. Like, Jesus touched me. Jesus healed me. I'll say that instead of Jesus baptizing the Holy Spirit. And I was crying on the floor for two hours. And then I started speaking in tongues and I had a vision. You know, like, there's different versions. But be discerning and see where they are. See what will bless them, like Tina said. Um, and if the Spirit says, go for it, just go for it. And, you know, there's grace. Sometimes if you hear incorrectly, but, but be led by the Holy Spirit and by your leaders. Do you have a question? Your testimony is a prophecy. What this means, it's from the Bible, and it says that um, basically, like, when you speak it out, this is what God did for me, you're um, giving them faith that this is what God can do for you, too. Like, if you see God healing me, bringing revival for me, like, you can claim that in your own story as well. It's like saying, hey, this is a prophecy over your life as well. It fills them with faith that what they see in you, they can claim for themselves. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, so... um, 
E, you are a carrier of his presence, which means signs and wonders will accompany you. Eagerly desire to prophesy and see God's power manifest. Okay, there's a sermon also from Pastor Christian that says this. um, You guys should listen to, but you guys can pray, prophesy, all that stuff. um, But if your church isn't cool with it, like Pastor Aaron says, you can be prophetic without being crazy. Like, you don't have to, like, get on the mic and say, like, thus saith the Lord, like, you know, and freak people out. Like, you can get a prophetic word and just say, like, hey, man, I feel like God's leading me to the scripture passage for you. Or, like, hey, I feel like you're going through a hard time, but I want you to know that, like, God loves you. Just be encouraged today. Like, you can still speak specifically into people's lives without being um, ridiculously, like, you know, freaky. So, actually, you shouldn't, New Philly, we don't even do that. So, anyway, you can, you can move in the charismatic, you can do all that stuff, but um, just be discerning when and where. Um, F, if there is nothing, there is nothing more powerful than the love of God, at the end of the day, the most important part about pouring out is that you do it in the spirit of love. Um, <clears throat> if you prophesy and speak in tongues and you speak powerful messages and share your testimony, but you don't have the spirit of love behind you, to God, it is nothing, right? You're just making a lot of noise and, and making a lot of, uh, like, a big name for yourself. But God is very concerned with how we represent his heart. And um, if you're a son of New Philly, how you're representing the mother and father of this house, too, it's got to be done in the spirit of love. And um, my, my roommate, who I live with in college, Marie Sugaya, she, hey, Marie, if you listen to this, um, she, uh, she like, um, she was um, my roommate before I came to Emmaus, before I had my life-changing semester. So we clubbed together. We were, like, taking jello shots in our dorm room together. Like, we were going crazy together. Um, and then I came here. And she, um, God brought her to my mind all the time. Like, God was like, pray for her, pray for her, pray she'll get saved. And I'm like, she told me she would never be a Christian. I'm not going to do that. But God kept telling me to pray for her. I prayed for her, went back home, and then um, the Holy Spirit was just messing her up every day. She's just crying all the time. And she kept asking me, like, what would you do if you found out you had cancer and you only had a day left to live? And okay, well, you know, I know I'll be safe because I, I know God's got me, you know? Like, she would just ask me all these questions, and I saw God moving in her life. But the breakthrough I saw in her life wasn't from me trying to be a holy or perfect or, like, preach to her or, like, be whatever. It was just loving with loving her and sticking with her and saying, like, regardless of what you do, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to love you. And that's what made her, whoa, this love is something real. I want it. I want to know this Jesus. So love people, and you will not fail. Okay, um, G, a couple of things not to do. This is covered earlier, so we're going to go really fast. One, do not have a critical or judgmental attitude towards believers back home. A critical mindset robs you of the blessings God wants to pour out to you through your current ministry, okay? Maybe they're not the same. It's okay. Get over it. Look at the gold in whatever God puts you to, the people around you, the ministry around you. But if you go with a critical attitude, you won't get anything. You are going to rob yourself, stunt your growth, no good. Uh, B, you could, sh- you could come off as arrogant and quench what God is actually doing. Two, do not try to bring revival by your own might, power, or timing. Um, I think I tried to do this a lot when I went back home. I was extremely zealous. I was, like, set on fire. And um, that naive, like, passion, I think God covered me in grace because he knew my heart was in the right place. But um, what, I ha- ha- like, what I started doing was 
I wasn't fully covered. I had like two different leaders speaking in my life. I was leading my own small group independently. I was like trying to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. Like, but it was all when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. And I was mimicking exactly what I saw in Emmaus. Like I wanted it to look exactly the same. And if it didn't look exactly the same, like I thought it was a failure. And um, if you are so stuck and rigid in what God's going to do, like, how is he going to do a new thing, you know? And, like, what he did here is not the box of all that God is. So expect more and be led by his spirit. Know that this is something great, but that there is more to God and to what he's going to do in your life. Um, and do it his way, not yours. Um, a revival and uh, rev- revival and breakthrough will be done by the leading of his spirit. Don't feel like the pressure is on you to save your whole campus. B, God promised to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That is his job, not yours. C, if you move in only your own power and might and are trapped in your own agenda, you are setting yourself up to totally miss what his spirit is actually doing on your campus. Okay? Um, And so I tried to baptize people in the Holy Spirit when I went back from Emmaus, but then um, on a recent trip back home, I didn't have any ministry opportunities, but one of my friends invited me to her young adult small group. I had no idea about it till like the two days before. They wanted me to share about what God's doing in Emmaus. I just shared my testimony, shared what God was doing in Emmaus, and then all of a sudden, I found out that in this extremely Baptist, evangelical, conservative church, the, the young adult small group leader just came from an apost- uh, a spirit-filled church, and... Um, like he was so spirit filled, but he felt really constrained in that church, but he's praying for revival. He's praying that people will be open to the Holy spirit. So my testimony actually encouraged him and opened up people's heart even more like, Hey, God's moving like this all around the world. And then he asked me to like pray and prophesy over his small group members. And I was like, dang, man, this is powerful, but this is nothing I planned. This is nothing that I'm forcing, you know, like God's going to do it. Just, like, see what he's doing. Do what the Father's doing. You know, don't, like, just try to make it happen in your own way. And so, um, three, do not get stuck on the glory of the last mountain. Okay, what this means is one time Jesus is, like, to his disciples, hey, come up to the mountain with me. And then God, like, he has this amazing encounter. There's, like, glory, um, amazing encounter with, uh, what is it, Elijah and Moses? And anyway, and so he's like having this amazing experience and then they're going down the mountain. But so many believers, what they do is they keep looking at the mountain in the past and they're not like looking forward. Like God takes you from glory to glory. So if you had an amazing experience in the past, you need to know that there's something really even better up ahead. Don't get stuck on the May semester of fall 2012 was my glory days. And then that was my peak when I was 20 years old and now it's over, you know, like there's something ahead, but don't, don't, uh, I really compared a lot. And so don't do that. There's something ahead for you. A God will bring you from glory to glory. Do not continually compare or look back at the mountaintop of Korea, or you will miss the new glory. And B, God is a God of new things. He is always doing something new. Ask that God give you spiritual eyes to perceive what he's doing. Okay? He may move differently. He may call you to a different kind of ministry for a time, but um, he's doing a new thing, you know? um, It springs forth. Do not perceive it. Like, he's doing it. He's doing it. Okay, C, you are on your way to a greater glory, to a new mountaintop experience. Expect more than what you experienced in Korea. All right. And Pastor Aaron is going to take the mic. Ah. Okay, clarification. When we're talking about mountain to mountain, we're not talking about church 
to church, to church, to church. We're not talking about New Philly, to IHOP, to Bethel, to, you know what I mean? Like, that's actually going out naked. Um, That's not being covered. So what she's saying is you can have uh, fresh revelation of who God is and his power under covering, though. That's important. Because I think people try to chase highs. And in order to chase mountaintops, they go to ministry to ministry to ministry. And they end up actually getting involved in a lot of foolishness. Even if those are solid ministries, if they're not under covering, you know, there's no benefit. Um, In the back, resources. First of all, Rona... I know she rushed through that last portion. It's because we're running out of time, and I wanted to give you guys a chance to ask some questions. Um, But she put together this whole seminar. So let's just thank her. If the speed of her, her last portion was a little bit too fast for you, look at the podcast, and she's a slow, you know. I think if you do slow, it'll be a normal pace, you know. And if you go back home, what will happen? You know? And if you go back home, like, dang, we're Sound like a chipmunk. Okay. All right. So I want to give you guys just a couple of minutes. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, you know, something that you are worried about or you're not sure about, ask it now. Because most likely you are not the only person that has thought this. And it'll be good for you to ask it so that everyone can be blessed by the answer. If you do sonship from afar, yeah. are you going to be placed with a random pastor or someone you already know? So we have um, two, pastor, two pastors that are at Hillside, Hewan Kang and Diddy Kang, David Kang. Um, and so they will be the ICCPs. If you're from the Itaewon campus, it's Mark Yu. So it's based on campus. Um, but even if you're not that familiar with them, when you start Skyping, You'll get familiar. And because it's the same house, it really won't be that big of a deal. Yeah, Grace McLean. It's okay. I'll repeat it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you originally apply from Sons from Afar and you um, end up, let's say, uh, it's been awesome, but six months in, you find yourself in a really amazing church, um, and that's a a church locally that you feel like could really bless you, um, my suggestion is you don't make that switch unless you get the blessing from the covering you have in New Philly. If it's the Lord, your leaders will discern it, and you'll get blessed to be relieved. So it's really not that big of a deal. But it's possible to continue to stay under sonship and still go to an incredible church and be blessed double-fold. But, but there is a difference. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's only for people who listen to the podcast. That's why we need a mic. Go ahead. So um, my church, right before I left, uh, they were. Um, I was. They had this policy where you have to go there for a year and then go into membership. Mm. So... I was just about to go into membership before I came here. Mm-hmm. So do you think I should go into membership with that church just because I, I should submit and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think absolutely. In the spirit of sonship, like we don't want you to just be an attender. We want you to be a committed member. So if this is a location that you're going to be for a while, do the steps that you need to take to become a member. Um, if there is any theological differences, though, if there's things that you think, oh, man, I'm not sure about it, make sure 
you you know kind of get that covered ask and see if that might be a wise decision but yeah we would ask you to do that yes yes um do you want us to wait till we finish 30 is it 30 sermons that we have to hear on the podcast and then email or no i think the 30 sermons are really specifically for those who just heard sons from afar and got excited about being getting a spiritual father but haven't been part of our church they don't actually know the culture um the reason why listening to 30 sermons first is to make sure that they know what they're getting themselves into so instead of listening to one good message and thinking that everything's okay like we actually stand for a lot of things so they might be okay with like one part but we want them to listen to enough messages to know uh, we actually believe all these things but i think for someone like you because you've been around and part of the house you have a good grasp of it so you don't need to be legalistic about it. It's just a precaution for people who physically weren't here. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to ask, like, about, like, the church hopping thing. Like, so, I mean, like, how do you really discern? Like, I don't know. Like, I know that, I mean, I don't, just because I don't have a church. Yeah. It's, like, just really frightening. And yeah. I just... I'm just so scared that I'm going to go in and, like, want to move out when yeah. I can't. So, like, what's, like, what do you do in the process, like, beforehand? Like, I know you should pray about it, mm-hmm. but then, like, like do a lot of research. But I don't even have, like, a list of churches mm-hmm. or anything. So I'm basing it off, like, what my friends maybe would, say, like, recommend first. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. What, like, do you have any recommendations? Sure. I think, like, one thing that um, is smart is to kind of remember that God wants you to be in church more than you do. So I think the tendency is when it's time to choose something, we feel like we carry the weight of that responsibility. You know, like it's up to us to choose the right thing. And if we don't, we're like screwed. You know, that's actually not the case. Like God is a lot more invested in your life than you think. So just having that faith, I think, will give you a greater level of assurance. Practically speaking, though, if you're in a certain area, if I were you, and let's say you apply for Sons from Afar, I would probably ask my ICCP, hey, I'm going to be in this location. I'm from the L.A. area. Do you guys have, does New Philly have any recommendations for churches that you guys think are pretty awesome that I would really benefit going to, in which case you can get a list, you can check it out. And what we mean by church hopping, it's inevitable, especially if you don't have a home church, or let's say you do have a home church, but that church is just not the place for you right now. You're going to have to visit a couple of churches, but church hopping, what we mean by that is doing that for uh, the whole semester. We think you can do that within a month's time. You can find the right church. And so if you visit a couple of churches, um, I think if you're walking in that kind of faith and confidence, God will assure you of one church, especially if you're not looking for perfection. You know, if you have a pre, a point of view of this church needs to have A, B, C, and D, like you're most likely going to kind of get disillusioned or maybe discouraged. But if your attitude is, God, no matter what church the church looks like, I know that you're leading me, show me. Bring confirmations. Then when you step in, God will do so. So um, when I first went to JCM, which is New Philly, but it was a name JCM, I had about maybe four confirmations on that day that was specific that made me sure that this was the church I should be at. And I think, one, it was because I was looking for it. You know, I was trusting God to lead me that way. And two, I was paying attention. 
So there was a couple of things. Uh, the first one being a couple of songs that were sung were very personal songs to me. Uh, the preacher was someone that came from Africa. I just gotten back from Africa and his topic was missions and missions was on my heart. The third thing was, um, the people that I met were people I had friends of friends. So I already felt like a camaraderie. And the fourth thing was the way that we did benediction back in the day is the old school Presbyterian praise God from all blessings flow. Praise God from whom all blessings flow, you know, no, 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 no. And so when I, when we sang that, I, I actually cried because I, I did that at my home church every Sunday. And there was something about doing that, that Sunday that just spoke right to me. Like you're at home. So, you know, when you go with that attitude that God's going to confirm, God's going to show, you'll know. So be confident in that. Um, and you'll have a leader that will help guide, through you, guide you through that process. Okay, any other questions? Staff, if you have questions that you think students will benefit from, you guys feel free to ask as well. Any other questions? So if you are looking for a new church... Like, and um, what kind of time frame do you think? Like a month, a month and a half that they should wait and hop around? Yeah, I mean, because church is just once a week, you know, to say you can find a new church in two weeks is not really that reasonable. So I probably would give about a month, a month and a half, max, absolute max, two months. Absolute max. If you're past the two-month mark and you have not locked down a church, you got to... You better talk to your familiar leader. You better talk to your ICCP. You better talk to somebody. There you go, Isaac. That's a no-no. Um, that's more than enough time for you to find a church. Yeah. So if you're applying to Sons from Afar and you're part of a church in the States, um, how would you, would you tell your pastor? Oh, good question. Good, good question. Um, I would be very careful about that. Number one, because when you say sonship, it's a loaded, loaded term. I'll give you an example. If I say missions, missions means something to you. But what it means to you may not mean the same thing of when I say it. For example, if I say the word father, the first 10 words that come to your mind may not be what I associate father with. If you have a father that's abusive, then the first 10 words may be negative. But my concept of a father, and I have a very positive experience, is going to be very positive. So when I use that word father, we're using the same word, but guess what? We're not having the same meaning. So sonship is a loaded term. Number one, it's very new. And it's not new in biblical ways, but it's new in terms of God's reintroducing it to the Christian community. Right now it's going on. And if you're part of a church that uses that terminology, some of them might not be using it the same way we actually use it. So for you to go up to your pastor and say, you know what, I'm going to be on membership, but I just need you to know, I need you to know that I'm in sonship to a church called New Philadelphia Church, that might cause a little bit of confusion and issues for that pastor. Because when you say sonship, they might... You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a completely paradigm. In fact, many of pastors might be concerned that you have just joined a cult. Because many cults love using that term, father, mother. Okay? Uh, in fact, Christianity, the reason why there was a separation between the Catholic Church and Christianity, one of the things that got changed was the Catholic priest was called father. And because there was such abuse of authority that when evangelical branch branched out, 
all of a sudden they took away that kind of tradition because they didn't want to be associated with that kind of issue. So if you start saying, I got a father, I mean, it's loaded, loaded. So you got to be careful. So I would suggest you talk to your ICCP. Here's the situation. I want to become a member of this church. They recognize that I'm part of New Philly. I, or, I mean, I was heavily involved with New Philly. How do I resolve that? Talk to them, and they will guide you, depending on your situation. Also, another tip, don't, don't talk about New Philly so much. I know it's like, you know, so when you go home, oh, I'm just, just going to Philly and Emmaus and New Philly and Emmaus and New Philly and Emmaus and New Philly and Emmaus and PC and PE and PC and PE and people just blah, 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 and it's like, it's really annoying. And um, it actually doesn't bless anybody. Because guess what? They don't know us. And they don't know the church. All they are is they're annoyed that you keep talking about a church that they don't go to. But what you can do is you can share about certain principles that you learned that's applicable to anybody. Like, man, when I was in Korea, you know, I learned about the power of honor. Yeah? What does that mean? Well, honor is da-da-da-da-da. As opposed to, you know, in some specific situations, though. It actually might be awesome if you can introduce our podcast to a couple of your friends. Now, some people have done that, and that's why their friends have become sons from afar. Like Alex here has a friend from Malaysia, and, you know, she was struggling, and he knew that she would really be blessed by our podcast. He sent it to her, and she started listening nonstop to our podcast, and now she's a son from afar. So there are specific situations, but don't force, don't shove it down people's throats. Just be loving, you know, like that's not loving. Yes. What are some healthy expectations that students can have with their relationship with us after they leave? Like they're familiar. Oh, really good question. Now, one thing that has happened is every time students go, I have about maybe 50% of the students get upset at me. Um, this happened more when I was heavily involved on a personal level. Now you guys, um, may catch me on Tuesdays, but really we haven't, not many of you guys have a very personal, personal relationship with me, um, uh, where we've met one-on-one numerous times, right? Um, but when I was, but when you talk about your familiar leaders, you may have that relationship with them. And so, you know, when I was a familiar leader myself, I remember my familiar members, when they go back home, they get totally bummed because when next semester happens, they see me take pictures with, you know what I mean? Like the new familia and the new students. And they're like, oh man, you know, like everybody forgot about me. Nobody cares about me. And people get really upset. Um, and people like really started to resent me. Uh, but So that's a really awesome question. Um, The way that I want to say that is this. uh, This is why Sons from Afar exists. ICCPs are your new familiar leader. So you can have relationship with Eunice. Eunice is my familiar leader. So, and she knows me in and out. So it's easier to talk to her than Hewan. I don't know Pastor Hewan, but, okay. I don't know Pastor Hewan, but I know Eunice. So I'm going to talk to Eunice first. Now, if Eunice, what Eunice will do in wisdom is Eunice will say, what did Hewan say? Did you bring it up with Pastor Hewan? And you'll be like, I don't, she don't know me. You know, well, she needs to know you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eunice's authority now is on her, her, on her familiar in the current season. The authority that people have over you are the ICCPs. So now, even though it seems weird, the ICCPs will have more clarity about your situation than Eunice will. Does that make sense? 
All right, so we got to close up. But if you guys have any other personal questions, just ask me. Talk to the familiar leaders and um, make sure to listen to the seminar. I'm going to give you one last tip. Two months after you come back home, listen to this one more time. Two months in. Exactly after two months, we listen to this because a lot of what's going over your heads will speak right to you, okay? Father, we just thank you so much for this time. And we just pray for your wisdom and your clarity. And we thank you that you're more invested in the prosperity and the fruitfulness of these students than they are. And so, Father, we just declare our trust in you. We just trust you. We trust that you're going to lead them to the right church, the right community, the right friends, the right people. Lord, and we just speak wisdom and authority over each and every single one of them. I just bind all fear. I bind all anxiety. And Lord, I just fill, um, I ask that you fill them up with joy and expectation. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, thank you guys.